Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Final Whistle podcast. Uh, I'm Nathan Choke, Managing Director of the Third Team, and I'm joined by Martin Cassidy, Chief Executive of Ref Support UK and Ant Canavan from the Referee Forum. Good morning, fellas. Fuck me, Nathan. That was amazing. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to be a bit rough, but that was really, really smart. I loved it. The skills are learned to do that, Adia. Apart from the bit where you said, fellas, don't want to alienate our female. Oh, I identify as not a male. You know, me, and, me, and, me and Anthony, when you said fellas instead of colleagues, you both went on I'm not surprised that Ant doesn't uh, identify as a fella, judging by the latest uh, <laughs> social media posts. I was going to say, so you've seen my Instagram. <laughs> Indeed I have. Well, hello to all our listeners and readers. Yeah, regardless of who or what you are, everyone is welcome here at the final whistle. Right, and I also want to apologise for losing me my bag on the Sat Yam case last time. Um, some of the words I was using just came from the heart. I'm not going to apologise. I'm just apologising if you're upset by it. I'm not apologising for saying it. So if yeah. anyone got upset by it, I'm sorry you're upset, but I'm not sorry for saying what I said. I it's think, what yeah, happened. more people got upset by, by what had happened rather mm. than anyone's reaction to it because completely justified losing your shit about that case. Um, Martin, do you want to update everyone about it? Because um, the, the the police have been involved now and they said it's just a caution. Is that right? It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I, a couple of really good friends of mine who were either active police officers or the retired police officers sort of put me straight saying, well, that this is sort of a judicial process. This is correct. You know, you're wrong in what you're saying because I'm saying this should happen, that should happen. But the people who were in the framework of, of the police have said that's, that's sort of what happens. It tells me it's 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 wrong, it's absolutely wrong. And it's okay saying, you know, that's the law, this is the judicial system. And, you know, the people are remorseful, so we say, because they said they're sorry, you know, we should we mitigate that. Um, the FA doing what they've done and communicating with the chief executive of London FA. Um, well, I'm not. He's communicating with me. I've sent one email back. I'm going to sort those because I'm, I'm just delivered. I think London FA going ahead with the football dis- discipline procedure allows the Met Police to mitigate that 10-year ban. Now, if you take away the fact that the police says, "Oh, he was remorseful," he said he was sorry, and and um, the 10-year ban. What else have they got to mitigate that was outrageous? And I think you know how do you measure remorse? You want to mitigate it? How do you measure it? Like a meter that says, "Oh, he's really, really, really sorry." So we're not going to send him to the court. Oh, well, I'm not too sure if he's like a little bit sorry. You know, so that to me is just ridiculous. And we said before in the past, David Ellery stole our thunder or tried to steal our thunder. Sorry, I'm back into Ellery again. But we wrote to him three years ago and said, "We want the role of a match official designated as a vulnerable role." It gives you extra protection, similar to paramedics and traffic order, all these sort of people that sat in that um, vulnerable position. 
where if you if you strike or attack a referee, it's been the same as, as those other occupations. Now we've been told that's relatively easy to do. It's a figure of authority. When we, we went along with the Fernando Lopez case, I think it was the Telegraph got in touch with Mr. Ellery, and he said, "Oh, I've approached the relevant people to um, to get the designation as a vulnerable role, like it was his idea, it wasn't it was ours." So, um, Mr. Ellery, it's in the BBC website yesterday. Last year, where are we with that position? And did you get anywhere with it, or did you do what you normally do, get halfway with it? Because it was trendy to talk about it, and then not to do anything with it. So that's where we all want to be. We want to be. After getting a referee designated as a vulnerable role, so we does get attacked, it's automatically going to court. You don't have to go through this bollocks. What happens with this police officer? The Met Police said, "Well, we've all talked, and the sergeant says we're just going to give a simple caution." Really, really. Well, this is the thing as well. I tell you for now, the guy isn't sorry about what he did. Fundamentally, he's not sorry for hitting the referee or losing his rag or anything like that. He's sorry that it was filmed and he got caught. That's what he's sorry remember about. It, remember it, because he never apologised until we started getting it out on social media. All of a sudden, he, was, he contacted the referee, he contacted him, and the police never mitigated that. He never said, oh, he's contacted him and offered him money to pervade the cause of justice. Yeah. So not only have you got this stupid assault, some crazy assault, not pervading the cause of justice, what did him with just a simple caution? Too sure about that. And the, the police didn't. The, the police didn't ask for the messages. County of Aid didn't ask for the messages. So if they haven't, then let's do another charge. But, you know, how, how did he deal with that? He's banned for ten years. So like, he lied about being a teacher. He's not a teacher. He's just one of those people who teaches football to schools, after school clubs, or something like that. But he's not a teacher. Straight away, we've got proof that he's a liar. So if we can prove he's a liar, and he's going to pervert the course of justice. Why on earth would you believe him when he says he's sorry? How naive of that police. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not like one of these green activists that thinks, you know, everyone's lovely. And I do believe in rehabilitation. I've talked before about my violent past and I know what's here to me. I'm not, I'm not going down that route. I'm going down the route of he's proven to be a liar mm. within a short window of time. But they didn't mitigate that. They mitigated he said he was sorry. He didn't mistake the fact that he lied and he tried to prevent the courts of justice. All on messages, all with his name on it. Get real. Get real. If you go on social media, if you go on Twitter and Facebook and the videos that Martin, you've shared through Ref Support, uh, keeping everyone updated, every single comment, every reaction to that, whether it's from fellow referees, from non-league football clubs, from coaches, managers, everyone, all the stakeholders in the game, not one person has said, ooh, Give him a chance. He might be a bit sorry. He just wants to do his thing. Every single one has gone, what the actual fuck is wrong with our FAs and our justice system? If between them, neither of those could levy a decent punishment for what he's actually done. All right, 10 years out of the game, fine. Um, but it should be signed die. A simple caution, okay, fine. But it should be, it should be more. I'm not saying lock the guy up. I'm not saying go straight for custodial. But a caution. A, ca- a caution's nothing. It's it's just really frustrating. And now, and we said this um, the last time a referee was assaulted, we said it this time that Satyam was assaulted. This should have been the moment. This should have been the moment where the FA uh, or the police or the CPS or whoever's involved with punishing people that do this to referees could have said, no more. 
this is the moment that we say no. This is enough. And it didn't happen again. It has not happened. Um, And here we are again talking about it. And I I worry that three months down the line, six months down the line, we're going to be having the same conversation again with another referee that's been um, not just assaulted, but to the point, look at the guy who threw three big punches, three big punches. And to get held back. Yeah. I'm all, you know, people say, oh, you know, the red mist comes over. I get all that. I talked about that last time. All the stuff I did, I never once thought of it in a police officer or a, or a referee, never. Mm-hmm. And way more violent stuff than that, unfortunately, in the, in the previous younger life. So, you know, if, if death sentence worked as a preventative measure, you'd never have any murders in America. We still have murders. So I understand the emotion comes out and, and you don't think, oh, actually, I might not hit him because, because I, might, I might get the letter here. Or I might not shoot him because I get the letter. We know that just doesn't happen. We, that no. we don't process things that way. But what, what I'm saying is that when these events happen, you've got to do, you've got to do a stronger message than a, than a caution. I know, I know they've got more things to think of. I know we're in a pan, pandemic. Mm. But put, and the article on the BBC website, a really good journalist called Frank Keogh, I've said to him that this is another case where the FA missed an opportunity, yeah. gains things for the better. And I will remind them, this is Fernando Lopez, this is now Satyan Soki. There's others we can, we can, you've missed an opportunity here. And if heaven forbid someone gets murdered, I'm, I'm promised it, I've documented it. I'm going back to these people and I'm going to say, here's your chances yeah. you want to do something different and you haven't, you could have prevented yeah. the main of the mass official. And I'm just sorry, that ain't happening. The FA just ain't doing it. And I, I had a conversation with someone, and I won't say who it is, because I brought a sign from him. And he said, look, Mars, even murderers don't get life sentences. And I said, well, is that what you're waiting for? Is that what you're waiting for? You're going to get life, a life ban if you murder someone? Is that, oh, that's not what I'm saying. I said, no, no, you can't throw that at me, because I'm all for rehabilitation. I really, really am. But that, that option doesn't seem to be there. It's like, oh, I'll tell you what, if he does it twice, then we'll ban him for life. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, it's mad. I reckon that the, the FAs, the county FAs, would be quicker to ban someone, say, if a club owed a £500 fine. If you didn't, didn't pay it, you're banned for life. That's when they'd ban someone for life. Not, not, for, not for striking a referee. And you say about the red mist coming down and getting angry. That's, I think that's only reserved for cases where it's instigated by violence begets violence. The referee, I've said this before when we had Jorg uh, Oppers on the show, it's the softest target on the pitch because the referee would never instigate violence. The referee will never fight back um, for the most part because for the majority of the referees, that's not our nature. We're, that's not the kind of people that we are. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons a lot of us go into refereeing is that's by our nature, we are arbiters, peacekeepers and all that sort of stuff. Um, but my God, yeah. Does it have to take a murder for this country, for the English FA, for the county's FAs to to actually say, okay, we'll we'll take this one seriously. We'll fundamentally change how things are done. That's what that's what happened in Holland. That's what happened in Holland. The yeah, guy yeah. died, and they changed it. I mean, there's always an answer. I mean, there's always an answer not to do something, but never an answer to do something. Mm. Never, never, ever, ever. But always, like, remember there was another assault in, in the Spartan League. 
when a referee got poked in the eye, you know, the video looks as if he got that as when the ref struck his eye. But, but, but he poked him in the eye, his finger went in his eye. Mm. Now, that player got a 140 day ban. That's all. He was a hospital the ref. The hospital. 140 day ban. Two weeks later, someone on our page goes, I've just been banned for 160 days. We're not sending me yellow cards in. Oh, great. So, what that says so this, is this is the point. Yeah. Use your points. If there's more punishments for not earning the county FA money than they are from a referee getting assaulted, that's that's the message. It's there. You know, it's there. And, and Simon Jordan, when I was on Talksport, said, Oh, do you really think, you know, why do you think the FA wouldn't want to, well, the county FA wouldn't want to address these issues properly? And it's because they don't want it. The, the real, how bad it is out there. It's my genuine, we'd be wrong. They don't want body cameras because that will evidence how bad it is. And people yeah. are saying, well, if it's been this bad for so long, why haven't you done anything about it? And then also, what business wants to stem an income stream, particularly yeah. in the pandemic? Because you don't get fined money, don't they? None of the referees get any of that money. None of them. There's no monetary fine to this, actually. There's no monetary fine, it's just a bank for life because what I got told was, well, we're not going to get the money out of it because you banned them for life. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. How weak does that make your discipline process then? So even if he did get fines, they probably ah, we'd give up because we didn't, we're not going to get the money off them because mm. he bans it for life. Well, no. Find another process that gets that money in, but that money goes to the referee. It goes to the victim here. Yeah. There's not one pound of any fine of the FA do that goes back to the referee. The one who gets the abuse, the one who gets the threats, the yeah. one who gets beat up. All that money stays in the county FA. Thank you very much. I'll have that. Oh, will you help us get more punishments? Oh, no, no. I think process. We'll have our money, though. We'll have our money. It's disgraceful. I think that, um, you know, obviously I work with a lot of referees and things like that. And I think that, you know, we, we talk about the sort of the resilience and the mental toughness and particularly with the younger ones, the under 18s who were, you know, recently qualified and getting used to even at the, at the at the youth football level, getting used to dealing with parents and getting used to dealing with coaches and even difficult players who are not, you know, a million miles away from them in terms of age. I think that, you know, we can prepare them and prepare them and prepare them until, you know, the cows come home and we can do some really good work in respect to that. But I think that um, where the line has to be sort of drawn is that when it becomes too much like that situation, obviously, um, you know, we've all been, and, I, and, now, and now I'm talking about like adult football and, and things like that, but we've all been to a hostile venue and we've all, we've all looked around and we've all been on our own and we've all thought, well, could be a difficult game today and we need to, we need to be careful because this could be, could be tricky, so we've got to think about the way we manage it. And and that and I think that that's fine, but I think that when things do go to the point at which you know you hear about it all the time, not just obviously the situation with Batman, but other situations where we're hearing about things like um, referees' cars being damaged, chased to the car, car damage, all that kind of thing. Um, and I've had it myself, you know, where people have made threats against you. You know, I'll put your windows through and all that. I've had that, yeah. And I think that um, I think that that's the point at which you say, right? I did everything I could. I was honest. I was decent. I didn't, obviously, as no referee does, go out to trip the players up, to trip myself up, to cause any problems. Really, just doing the job. And then you've got somebody 
either making threats, carrying out the threats, and, and then obviously in the case of, of Satyam, you've then got you know a physical assault that's taken place. So I think that you know we can do our preparation, we can change the way we manage situations to try and avoid this. But when it happens and it goes beyond our level of control and our sphere of control, and we get something happening like an assault, I think that's where it, you know, I think we'd all expect, you know, whatever there was, I think it was 32,000 registered referees last year. And I think if you asked every single one of them, they would all say that if it got to a point where something happened, either, you know, we, we, were, we had a threat made or somebody smashed our windows or somebody punched us, that we would then expect the authorities above, whether it be the FA or the police, to then come in and say, yeah, actually, you know, you did your best and you, you don't deserve that. You're doing a job for us. You know, ultimately, we described as volunteers to the game, really, um, and people who are committed to doing the game. You know, you, you know, sometimes we're doing five, six games a week. Players are not playing five or six games a week. And, and even more so since uh, this virus, I know that a certain county FA in the north of England is down 60% on the referees that it had uh, last season, registered last season. So I think that tells you how indispensable to them we are and, and how much they're relying on us. And so I think, we, you know, to, to sort of move the conversation to another direction almost, I can, I can go further and I can say there's, there's some question marks over certain county FAs um, in this country, whether they are rightly or wrongly informing referees of when players or people who are associated to players, coaches in games have, have tested positive for the virus. And I'm not going to suggest for one minute that they're doing that um, just to keep referees active so that referees don't have to take a, an enforced break to isolate. But it's quite possible that could be the case. Um, so I think that, um, you know, we have to, we have to be really, really careful. We have to look after referees because nobody is communicating these things to referees when it comes to the virus and nobody's obviously protecting the referees in this situation either. No, there's not because, um, of the conversation of the last couple of days, that numerous referees get in touch with us via social media or directly mobile, and my mobile's there for anyone to do. Actually, you can pull it up here if you want. Yeah, you want definitely will. Me, WhatsApp me, whatever. Give me some stuff. My phone number is here now. Right. Now, um, the postcard says the referees travel independently at level four and above, but the line always don't travel with the rest of the games. Arrive at the game, get a mask. If I'm, if I'm going along in any of this, that's okay. but so far on my time. Right? So far. Finals, yeah. have full travel to get into the games. Well, got to wear masks when they get out the grounds and go and do the bit. And when they go to the changing rooms, they all shower together and they don't have to wear the masks. And you just tripled the cost of the, to the, uh, the club. Yeah. The travel expenses. So not the best way to start this, you know, post-pandemic football when you're tripling the cost to the, um, to the club. Someone will say, oh, the average are out all year. Or cash flow, or cash flow. Every penny yeah. counts at that level. Every penny counts, and like they've got to get that money on the day. It's all cashless now, which yeah. is great. We've no problem with that. So, um, 
there's this little sort of elephant in the room where we're never we're never top of the tree, you can say it, let's be honest. We are like, you know, the necessary evil, we know that we're all that we're all. But that's never going to change. But when you've got people put us in this position, I'm just sort of and then was it at the beginning of it or the end of it? It says, Oh, by the way, there's a disclaimer. If things go wrong, even though you follow this advice, it's still not our fault. There's a big disclaimer at yeah, the end of it. Literally, you know, the oh, bottom oh, line is. And you, you know, don't come knocking at our door. So, in between the lines, you'll just see we're not protected. Referees are not protected when it comes to this. You look at every game how close people get. And I, and I think that's a great shot, Nathan. I never thought of it that way. But, you know, I wonder if there's any games that happens since we come back and any of those players have been involved in that we'll test the positive no one's sold the rest Martin Martin I know that has really? I know I know of I can think of three off the top of my head where he's a referee the game where yeah and and one of those participants of that game yeah. test the positive of COVID mm-hmm. and no one's sold the match visuals yeah oh brilliant Brilliant. But obviously, I'm not going to name names or areas or anything like that. But I do know that it's happened, and I do know that on some occasions, in certain parts of this country, uh, the county FA has been notified of the positive test. The club's been shut down for 14 days, as the requirements are. But none of the match officials were notified of this. I put a, a poll out on Twitter asking grassroots referees based on the your own experience over the past few weeks are the clubs is everyone um conforming to the guidelines that the fa put out to do all the stuff that you've just said martin basically travel to the game separately uh wear a mask uh, up until a point where you start your warm-up um minimize your contact with uh, club officials players all that sort of stuff and the overwhelming majority said no. Not none of that stuff um, is being adhered to. A lot of people are just going about their normal business, and um, I'm I'm kind of mixed on it because I've turned up to grounds wearing a mask. You know, my wife has started a, a business and made these referees masks, so I'm getting that out and worn as much as possible, and uh, just to to plug that a little bit. Um, but there are I've, I've turned up a, a preseason friendlies with other match officials who just don't have a mask. That that was never a consideration. They, I said, you know, you've got to wear one. Yeah, I know I've got to wear one, but who's going to punish me if I don't? Uh, and that that's an attitude of, um, you know, it, it's it's doing the right thing because you should, or doing the right thing because if you don't, you will get punished. And it looks like the vast majority kind of leaning into. Um, what what's what's going to happen if I don't follow these guidelines? Um, which which is you know as the referees we should be the ones that are saying look we've got these list of rules this is what we should be doing. Um, it, it's not happening. Bottom line is it's not really happening. The bottom line is though, Ant, you know, if you're if you're a, if you're a referee who's, who's doing that, then more fool you because ultimately you're looking to to try and mitigate your own risk of obviously catching it, which. Nobody wants. So yeah. I think that I think that that's a big problem. But what I, will, what I will say is, and this is through my own personal experience, and I make no apology for this being my experience. It's just what I've experienced being out there. 
uh, is in the women's game, this is taken far more seriously. And in the women's game, measures are much more stringent and things are put in place much more. Um, and I'm not aware of any clubs in the, in the women's game, in, in, in my area in particular, that have actually been shut down. But I'll tell you something, half the Northern League has been, I'd be surprised if the majority of the Northern League Division 1 and 2 in the North East have not had at least one game called off because either one of their players or a, a, an opposing player has tested positive. The majority of the teams have lost at least one fixture now out of, the, out of those two divisions. Um, and it just really hasn't happened in the in the women's game. You know, in the women's game, they've done the, the, the um, how do you call it? Is it uh, track and trace? They've done that really, yeah. really well. They've been religious on that. They've got the details. Everybody knows everything. All the procedures and everything's been followed properly. And I, and I think it comes back to, you know, we, we've talked about it with um, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men not getting checked and all that from, from long ago, long before this pandemic. And I think it comes back to that whole male bravado thing about, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. And I think that it's something that needs to be challenged because actually it is something that, you know, is, is a big, big threat to, to everybody, not just men, not just women, not just whatever. So I think that it needs to be taken seriously. And, and in my experience, it is the female game, which is, is the one we should be looking to. Well, certainly in my area anyway, because they are leading the way in terms of following the procedures, properly taking proper precautions. I'm not saying that there's men's teams that are not taking precautions. I'm just saying that in my experience, I haven't, I haven't come across a women's team that hasn't taken it. Whereas, you know, you see a lot of precautions that are not being taken by men's teams. So it's very, very difficult. You, you, you've you've uh, got me thinking here, really. Let's look, let's look at the other arguments. Have there been any referees that's tested positive and has refereed the game and no one's told the teams? Would you bet against that? I bet. Oh, well, no, I'd say that the, the likelihood is that, yeah, a referee has refereed whilst asymptomatic. Asymptomat- well, fucking yes. hell. That's yeah, I, agree. <laughs> I agree with what you're saying, though, Ant, yeah. because the thing is, I, that's that's one of the things that I was thinking just last week. I was thinking I've I've been involved in games with with so many of these teams that play against other teams where people are testing positive, and it's all around the Northern League in particular, where I've obviously done a few games at the start of this season, and and there are also the other leagues below that where I've been active, and Sunday morning leagues as well. That you know, I I think that what we what we seem to be learning from this this virus is that that generally the fitter and the healthier don't tend to feel things as much. And I like to think that I'm quite fit and healthy. So have I had it within my system? And do I not know about it? And, and have I not known about it? And have I been going out and refereeing games? Is is a concern in my mind, but I can't go and get a test. And nor should I get a test, particularly with the constraints on that at the moment, if I'm not feeling anything. Mm. So yeah, it is a concern for me that I'm carrying it and I don't know. But I'm sure that it is for you as well. Yeah, it's, you know, we just know the nurse, the wife is a special worker, the wife has shields because she was diagnosed with cancer 12 years ago. So it's always in my head, if I'm honest. And then when you, when you hear that, it's the, you when you look at that, even when you were talking, mate, I was thinking, would you do like a, a, a pyramid? You're, we just, we just don't know how big it's going to get for us, do we? We don't know how much referee in a game. And then goes to 22 players because the subs. 
and the next 22 players are they sing and all their families. When you really think about it, what a nightmare. Yeah. It's for everybody, you know, for people in authority, people in, people in the NHS, people in the, in the FA, you know, it's absolute nightmare for us all. That doesn't mean we just should really just be sensible to the basics right and just try to protect each other as well as yourself. And it's just, yeah. I think it's really sometimes that people would say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I might win because I, I should do. It's like when people do, you know, major, major offer tangents here. It's like when people referee when different ones and assessors there. So when there isn't an assessor there, you know, if people say, oh my God, someone might see me, I'm going to put my mask on. Yeah. Don't put it on for the fact that, listen, the reason we put your mask on is that we don't want you good action to kill someone or that someone else's actions kill you. Yeah. That's, that's what it's like. It's that sort of like, oh, I just want to look like I'm doing it rather than I really believe in doing this. This is the right thing to do. Well, there's, yeah. a, there's an analogy about shopping carts, isn't there? There. If uh, when you finish your shopping, are you the kind of person that just leaves your shopping cart because there's no repercussions, uh, there's mm. no punishment for leaving your shopping cart there, but you know that not taking it back to where they're all stored is the right thing to do? Or do you make that extra effort and do the right thing by returning your shopping cart back to where it should go? There's no reward and there's no punishment. There's literally uh, no benefit or no, no negative effect. It's based entirely upon one's own morality of do I do the right thing to do just because it's the right thing to do? Yeah. It's bad that we brought COVID into the shopping trolley and to assessors and observers, isn't it? I think there's only us two that could do that, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's something we'll probably touch on again, but I wouldn't mind moving on to um, to another subject, really, is what, is what um, you know, we're, we're glad to announce all three of us that, you know, we're going to be offering prizes on our blog. But uh, with Umbro, to a deal... We've Umbro and, a, and a, a distributor called the Logo Works. But what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to give away uh, every episode. What's the interesting about the way it goes? Uh, a full Umbro Umbro kit with the, with the FA badge on. No hashtag of the whistle because some knobheads seem to think that having a hashtag on your kit is really dangerous. So we can't put hashtag. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think you can. <laughs> Call them oh, no, you definitely can. Because in my head, there, I've just imagined that the, this board meeting going, yeah, lads, uh, about these kits can't have no. hashtags on them. And no. like, he's probably, everyone's gone, fucking, that's a oh, really no, good, no. really good idea. And someone goes, oh, excuse me, excuse me, let me just check with the knobhead department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's engaged. It's obviously very busy, the knobhead department. Oh, well, it's. Yeah, I'm in a queue. Oh, yeah, I'm in a queue. Just like the whole game system. I'm in a frig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got two. Is that the, is that heads heads of knobheads department? Yeah. <laughs> Head of knobheads. Who is that though? We're going to. Can we have a hashtag on our kit of the whistle? <laughs> but, sorry. Well, you can't have a hashtag. Why? You're not going to tell me why. All right, lads. Sorry, no, no hashtag. We've right. checked with NAR with knobhead assistant referee. Just put it on. Write that out. Write that out. Write that out. Put it in the laws. Put this in the laws. No hashtags. No hashtag. No hash. We want to do something that's really, really effective. Let's yeah. put the word effect on your arm because that's been really effective, hasn't it? Wilfred, Wilfred, <laughs> hashtags this new thing for this new social media generation. It would really help. I don't bloody care. No hashtags. And yeah, that's how it went. I'm 74. 
that I'm 71. I can do hashtags. I do candles. I'm retiring next week, and this is my last bloody decree. And my television is candle powered. Anyway, (laughs) another department have now said no hashtags. I've got no idea what you're talking about or who you're talking about here, Martin. (laughs) So, like anyone in particular, there's obviously no one. Could be anyone. Whatsoever. Anyway, back to our kit. So, we're going to be advocating with no hashtag on it. And then when you comment on our video, below here, we'll put the logo works here. Who's kindly going to donate these uh, kits. Then we're going to see our, our bills. We might even do football boots, more more t-shirts. But it's all going to be about engaging in here. And uh, I thank you to Umbro for allowing us to do that. And I'm sorry for calling people my beds and making sure my hashtags. No, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> There I've go. got uh, another topic to talk about now, moving on from whatever that was. Um, <laughs> I saw recently uh, that um, the uh, the Spanish Football Association had um, basically demoted uh, a La Liga, so top-level assistant referee in Spain, because he um, had been on holiday with... I believe it was Roberto Soldado and uh, was it Danny Parejo, the foreign former. Uh, yeah, I just come in here. Uh, what, what are you sounding all Spanish for? Roberto <laughs> Badaro. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as bad as Steve McLaren stuff, but come on, lads. It's called Roberto. Not Roberto. Roberto. Say his name again. Say his name again. Bobby. What's his name again? Roberto Soldado. Oh, yeah, that's not what you said last time. You said, oh, Roberto yeah. Soldado. Oh, God. And what was the other fella's name? Danny Parejo. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry, Switzerland. Martin yeah. Cassidy, Silons, please. Manuel Sherrod. Manuel Sherrod. Manuel. Manuel. Oh. You know, I've been a bit more creative. <laughs> All right. Um, well, well, I don't know. <laughs> no, so anyway, yeah, he was uh, obviously being demoted, um, and it's because he'd been on holiday with the two Spanish players, aforementioned Spanish players, um, and um, he had not made any sort of social media posts about that uh, holiday that he took. There were two personal friends of his um, who he'd known for many, many years, and uh, I think his wife did post a picture with the wives of, of the players as well, you know, sort of uh, always been within a social circle, always been friends, you know, everybody has family friends and close friends and, um, and so on. And he's actually been demoted for that. And he didn't he didn't personally make any sort of public images or anything like that around this holiday. It was just a holiday with, with some friends, private thing, and his wife put some pictures on where the couples were together. And he's been demoted for that. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's grossly unfair. But it's also deeply concerned for someone like me because I've got three or four friends who are professional footballers and one of which played over 20 games in the championship last season, one of my good friends. Um, and it, it it concerns me that by me having a, 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 a friend, a friend, well, basically a friendly relationship with someone who I've known since we were at school together and we played, we played boys football together, you know, youth football together about 10, 15 years ago. That now, if I, if, if I was to climb the ladder and, and become, you know, either a football league uh, official or a championship official, that I couldn't go on holiday with that person because of, of a friendship that I've had since we were children. 
it, it seems grossly unfair. It seems grossly um, disproportionate, the punishment. Uh, and I just really wonder what, what you guys thought of that. It fits perfectly into the narrative of that the authorities don't want refs to get on with players. They don't. Right back to what I said. If players and refs get on right across the whole world, they're not going to get money for yellow cards, are they? Everyone's going to respect each other. They're not going to get it. So I bet, I bet the amount of yellow cards would plummet if everyone got on. So you never see anything from the FA where even now a concept they never level fours or the both. You never have meetings where players, managers, refs, assessors are all in the same room. It doesn't happen. We do it. It's a charity. We do it. Works brilliantly. We all get on. And when you look at the business model of the county FA or an FA, they will it will thrive from a money point of view on players not getting on with referees. Absolutely thrive. Because you'd likely to get pissed off quicker, give you other cards, and they get more money. Simple as that. But interestingly, there was a, a Premier League, a couple of Premier League referees um, who sent messages to a certain club that won the Champions League. And that message got back to the PGMOL and it was an inquiry. And all that was sent was congratulations on winning the Champions League. All right, that's fact. That's fact. That ref got in major, major grief over that. So that could question the integrity. Well, if questioning the integrity of a mass official is contacting someone to say, well done, I'm winning one of the biggest competitions in the world, we've got a major, major problem with football players in relationships with referees. Trust me. And I think it's outrageous that that hasn't been made bigger news because as far as I'm concerned, there's some relationships involved in football that are disgraceful and shouldn't be happening. But a player can't go on honestly with, with a referee, I think. If you just look at some of the relationships that's been in football, and some of the disgraceful things that's happened in football, particularly at FIFA level, and then they throw stones at a referee going on, aren't they? Football players give a life around. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to jump in and kind of make it three for three in criticising um, what's happened there. It's not the, the ref's fault, um, <laughs> who, who his friends are. Um, so long as it's one of those things where you can... Uh, oh, is everyone frozen? I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> Let's wait for that to come back. I hope someone screenshots this. There we go. We're back. Oh, oh, we're back. We're back. I was just talking to myself for a bit, and then I stopped. Will you be able to edit that out, or is that going to stay in? No, I can cut that out. Why? What? What? Uh, what happened there? What, what was you chatting about you when just it was? Shut me your mouth open. <laughs> well, no, that, that's not how it looked for me. It just Martin, you were looked all sad, and Nathan, you were just staring off into the middle distance. I'll, I'll send, I'll, I'll show you the screenshot from my end. Bit different. It was um, yeah, you just froze. You might have to do it again. What you said about three buzzers, didn't you? Yeah, th- three for three. Uh, you guys are both uh, singing from the same hymn sheet. I agree that it's not fair to kind of penalise a referee for who he or she associates with or has family. Uh, in, you know, outside of the game. Um, but I, I listen, I think the English FA do the same. Um, I reckon I'd be on the championship now if I didn't have family playing in there. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm discriminated against as well. So it's, it's just, it's, it's nothing to do with my lack of fitness or the fact that I've been only refereeing on and off for the past five years. Um, it's definitely that family time. 